It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 70, Whatever Happened to Mr. Garibaldi? In which Jakara falls into the hands of the Centauri and Captain Sheridan lingers between life and death. Welcome back, friends, to The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast about the enduring cultural legacy of the 1990s science fiction television classic Babylon 5. I am... What? What? You're already, like... I'm Walter Cronkite, CBS I'm, News, yeah. <laughs> this from National Public BBC. Radio. That's right. We, we can't use any of this. I'm Chris Tatro, and, and over I'm there... John Cassie. Yeah, that's John Cassie. John yeah. Cassie. Yeah. How's it going, man? It's going great. It's late. I'm punchy. It is, it is late. We are a little punchy. We've yeah. got ourselves a dynamite episode to talk about. Absolutely. And, and a fun uh, little segment at the end that I think, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get listeners giggling and, and maybe throwing things at, the, at their radio... At their radio set. Radio? Yeah. The yeah. radio? They're shortwave? They're, they're wireless? They're wireless. They have to hand crank it to get it going? That's right. Yeah. From BBC Wireless. This that's, is the that's Babylon. That's the Babylon Broadcasting Corporation. Yes. Right. Um, so, yeah, whatever did happen to Mr. Garibaldi? Right. Is the question this week. Right. Um, well, he appears to be have been uh, uh, hornswoggled or uh, hoodwinked yeah. or in or some Shanghai'd other way. Or, Shanghai'd. Yes. By, you know, who the F knows, right? Well, we do see a Psycor badge, so... Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. But but here's the... And, and here's the... Qu- the interesting question is they... You know, we last saw him being taken aboard a shadow ship. Right. The Psy- If the Psycor has him... Right. How did he get from A to B? Okay, yeah, they're, they're not really necessarily working... Well, I don't know if if they're working together and Bester's the anomaly in the ad equation, but they don't seem to know what happened to him. Or they're just asking questions to try to break him. Right. A la the prisoner. A la the prisoner. Right, yeah, right. You know, uh, you know. Let's let's ask questions that we already full know full well know the answer to because if we can get you just to answer this one simplest question, then you're broken. Then, That's then right. we have our we have our path in. You, have, you you give up and you answer one, then you will answer any. Right. Then in in the fullness of time, mm-hmm. the the camel's we, nose is under the tent, as it were. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, listeners, we've talked about the prisoner a lot on this program, and rightly so, because it's a you know it's a a, a classic of mm-hmm. the genre television. Genre, mm. Mm. Um, a classic of genre television genre, um, and you all should watch it. And I hope that many of you did during the hiatus on this program. But yeah, this definitely reads as sort of degree absolute. You know, it reads as being inspired right. by the prisoner, and not in any kind of bad way. Um, you know, he's back. He's back. He's also two rooms away from me at the moment. God bless. Yeah, that cat's got some lungs. Deaf as a post, but who, he will howl. Who is number one? <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it would be great if every now and again they'd spun the spun the mm. chair and instead there was you know a just a cat know, a, a cat you know yeah. or you know yeah a baby you know, whatever yeah um, yeah hmm, maybe we need to at some point look at uh, look at at cats in uh, genre fiction and how they're depicted well you know, we start with Isis right the 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 epitomizing classic of yeah. of the genre right yeah isis gary seven's uh companion on mm-hmm. the star trek the original series uh classic five-star episode assignment earth mm-hmm. uh i have recently been re-watching star trek the next generation gentle listeners we hope that this uh segue into uh uh cat fancy magazine uh will <laughs> will only go <laughs> We've got less than 10 minutes. Uh, I've been watching Star Trek The Next Generation. And, of course, Data's cat. Yes, A yes. spot, right? Yep. Adorable cat, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I just uh, saw uh, when uh, the, uh, an episode where, um, where Data left the cat in Worf's charge, you know, and mm. Worf was Worf was sort of questionable. Yeah, holding it like you know at 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 the greatest remove he possibly could, and mm-hmm. holding a cat in precisely the wrong way to hold right. a cat. Yeah, yeah. And of course, yes. the cat the cat viciously attacked Commander Riker, which is only fitting. Well, who would? Um, uh, quite. Uh, mm. Yeah, cats in sci-fi television. We are going to come back to this. Yeah. Oh, go. Please. Didn't didn't what the the shapeshifter in space nineteen ninety nine in the uh, in the opening Maya. sequence. Maya, yes. yeah, didn't didn't she she transform yes. into a Siamese cat or something in the opening uh, opening yes. titles of that show? Yeah, yes. yeah. As I, and I, as we've well established, um, that she terrified me and gave Quite. me nightmares. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that terrified me, and that was uh, them changing the uh, awesome uh, disco insanity of the first mm-hmm. season's uh, theme song to something utterly conventional. Well, didn't the second season get the same producer as mm. s- the original series of Star Trek's third season? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, you know, that's a mistake. Yeah, that's strike two. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's strike two. Strike anyway. two. <clears throat> strike strike two for this program, Babylon Five, yeah. Yeah. is 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 captured in the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. What you know? Whatever happened to Mister Garibaldi? Well, this, you know, kind of three minutes with him being subjected to this kind of psychological torture uh, is a reminder of why we felt a little, like, off about some aspects of season three. Right. Because where the hell has Jerry Doyle been? Yeah. This guy can act. Mm -hmm. I think that a compelling case can be made that Garibaldi's the most interesting of the human characters. Mm-hmm. But they're not. He hasn't been given enough to do. He's yeah. acting off of everyone in that yeah. in that last season, and now he's been you know away for two, and we get to see him really strung out, uh, and not not uh, you know a, a relapse kind of thing going back into that part of his storyline. Um, and and I'm I'm left wondering, what 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 was JMS thinking? Well, I think he, yeah. We got a lot of of good Garibaldi content in season one. Yes. We got some in season two, but not all that much. Season three, 
was really primarily focused on the Sheridan Delenn. Right. Relationship and relationship to the war. Right. And on uh, Stephen Franklin. Right, right. So, really, I think, you know, as we've said many times, Garibaldi and Ivanova got the short end of the short straw, short end short, short shrift. They drew the short straw. They, they, they got, they got short some, shrift. Yeah, they got shorted on the yeah. uh, on season three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate, and, you know, I wish they hadn't, but, you know, yeah. even when you have... 22 episodes to fill that's not where the spotlight was that's not where the where the 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 focus of attention was for that season yeah yeah i i i I guess you make decisions when you start to plan out a a season right and not everyone can get the same level right And, and i guess i'm not even really critiquing but rather saying i think jerry doyle's great yeah, and I wish he had more to do. Right, and my hope is that you know we we continue to see, mm-hmm. you know, kind of more of him as we go. Right, um, because yeah. I found that very compelling, and I think some of the stuff that we were meant to find compelling, mm-hmm. I just found like okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, we just get the little two minute scene with him. He gets gassed again. Back to the prisoner, right? Um, and uh, and then psh, we're off to other other storylines. Um, but the really the question of of whatever happened to Mister Garibaldi is what drives a lot of the the momentum of the episode itself. It's what drives Jakar to leave yep. the station. Yep. Um, oh, don't leave the station, Jakar. Don't, don't do it. And he does. Um, yep. Even Londo knows that's a dumb idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But maybe before we get to the Shakar bit, yeah. Uh maybe we should go to Zahadoom to the Lorian Sheridan sure. kind sure. of uh kind of thing. Yeah, let's take let's take that first. Yeah. You, you know, a, as I was, you know, as we were sort of riffing in the pre-show, um you know, this is this is not my first watch through of Babylon 5 and I'm I'm really finding that I'm I'm resonating to storylines very differently. At this, maybe it's at this point in my life, or maybe, you know, as a writer, I've come to a certain point, or, 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 or right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in previous watch-throughs, I remember being really drawn into the Lorian, Sheridan, first ones, mysticism, you know, dead, not dead, limbo, purgatory, whatever, right? Right. All of that kind of stuff. And for for me and uh, you know listeners, I hope that you'll you know I'll pose this question directly on the Facebook group. I'm really because you know I've been going on and on and on for sixty episodes about how much I value the spiritual dimension of this program, how authentic it is, how real it is. Yet this, which is normally my jam, I'm just having a hard time getting getting a hook into, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, it doesn't... It feels like Lorian is playing a game. Oh, and, definitely. And, and, and I'm not interested in games. I'm interested yeah. in something a little bit more 
authentic. So, Lorian, whatever it is, just get to it. Right. We don't need all this fiddly farting around, right? Yeah, everybody's playing a game in yeah. this in some way yeah. or another. Yeah. It would be refreshing to have someone who was more direct and not as uh, circumlocutious as yeah. as Lorian. You know, he's he he says a lot of things without saying <clears throat> much of anything, and it, it's interesting in the dialogue between Lorian and, and Sheridan that Sheridan seems to get what he's saying without, you know, they're, they're, they're definite kind of like logical leaps and he's, he's, he's getting the thing about having to, you know, having to, to, to let go of his fear in order to move beyond and, and, and such. Um, yeah, the, the 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 back and forth between Sheridan and Lorian just didn't, it just it, as you say, it didn't click for me for some reason. Yeah, um, you know, not not a diss on the performances. I thought they were fine. I think I think Wayne Alexander is doing a, you know, a, a great job as Lorian. Yep. Um, certainly like him better than I did as Sebastian. Very much so. Um, and if I may, I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, but. Uh, it, if we're to do our modern recasting, yes, you know, Lorian, Doug Jones, a hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. There's no yeah. question of that. Has to be, has to yeah. be. Um, yeah, al- almost not enough prosthetics to to be you know to, to interest Doug Jones though. So uh, you he's not spending twelve hours a day in the prosthetic chair. Then he's he's uh, he doesn't feel like he's he's earned his paycheck. Right. That that all of that makeup in that discovery episode when he had his uniform off. Mm. God bless. That must, like, to your point, it must yeah. have taken ten hours of work. Yeah, to get all that makeup on, it was it was ridiculous. And 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 Abe Sapien doesn't wear a lot of a lot of clothing in the Hellboy movies. Yeah, and that's Doug Jones there as well. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I I I definitely felt a resonance between this performance and and Saru in yeah. in Discovery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was you know there. Uh, I just had so many questions about Lorian, and I don't. Yeah. Maybe they'll be answered as things go forward. Maybe we won't. Uh, maybe they won't. But you know, if he is the first one, you know, wh- what is his motivation? What does he want? I guess right. that's, <laughs> we're back right. to the, the, the duality question: Who are you, and what do you want? Yeah, I want to know what 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 is the game that he's playing? Right. Why? Why is he so interested in helping Sheridan out? but not interested in opposing the shadows. They keep coming back to him here. Right. If he's a, if he is the first one, why doesn't he do something about them? If he's so interested in, you know, clearly he's interested in Sheridan for a reason, that reason presumably being that Sheridan is the one who will defeat the shadows. Right. Well, why doesn't he do something himself, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, J- J- JMS has made no, you know, you know, this clear Tolkien influences here, right? Oh, sure. And and I'm sort of left with uh, a little bit of confusion and a little bit of what what, are, what is the what is the where are we going? What mm-hmm. you know with this Lorian Sheridan business, right? Like mm-hmm. if Lorian is sort of meant to be read as 
like an Elrond or a Gandalf the White or, you know, a, a figure of surpassing power mm-hmm. from a sort of previous age who stays here to be the noble counselor, right? Yeah. Then he should be much more directive, right? He shouldn't be beating around the bush so much, okay? Uh, and to, 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 to me, unless there is some lesson that Sheridan hasn't learned... But in that case, we should be aware, as the viewer, that Lorian is making that attempt, but I mm-hmm. don't think we are aware of it. Okay, so, yeah. so I'm left puzzled. Now, yeah. if, to continue the metaphor, mm-hmm. Lorian claims to be, so far as I would interpret it, either a being from the oldest race in the galaxy... Or, in fact, the oldest being in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Back to Tolkien. That makes him Tom Bombadil. Okay? Okay, sure. If, yep. if he's Tom Bombadil, I want him to read as completely detached from, from all of it, right? Leaving Sheridan right. to have to fend his way through what doesn't really make sense to anyone... Because it would read as maybe kind of de- de- you know demented or as mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as uh, uh, as as detached, so detached from reality mm-hmm. that you know you need Goldberry, right? You mm-hmm. need someone with him to for him to make any sense, right? Right. So yeah. okay, right now, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has ever made a Dante in interpretation of Babylon 5, at least not one that I'm aware of, but Zahadum is easy to read as hell. Sure. Okay. Well, if you read it that way, then Lorian becomes Virgil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. But then, again, rather more directed. Virgil's more, is more of a helpful guide, right? Right. So, so do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. get what Lorian's intention is. Right, right. Unless we know what what he's playing at. What is his what is his role in the big picture of the shadows and the Vorlons? Right. You know, what is he what's his place in the struggle? Right. Millennia over millennia. Right. What is it, what's his interest in Sheridan? I just don't I don't get it. Right, and therefore he's not reading as mysterious to me, but sort of as obstreperous. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, well, you could move all this along, Lorian. It seems to me, but yeah. you're being uh, you're being deliberately uh, uh, obtuse. Ob- 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 you're being deliberately yeah. evasive. Yeah. Right? And we get plenty of that from the Vorlons. We don't right. need... As, Full stop. As, uh, as Tina Turner once said, we don't need another Vorlon. Yeah. We don't need to know the way to Zahadum. Right. All we want is life beyond. I, apparently, that's that's his, what he's saying. Maybe there's yeah. more to this than I was thinking maybe. in my glib comment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Um, so, so I'm kind of left going... Either pick, pick a different direction than the one you've picked, or let's wrap this up. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to wrap it up pretty sh- pretty shortly. Sure. Right? What isn't going to wrap up is, you know, uh, you know, Jakar on Centauri Prime. Right. Right. This uh, is the beginning of a thing. What's the matter? I'm just saying the scene between Jakar and Londo in the cell. Yeah. Maybe my favorite scene of the series so far. Yeah. Extraordinary. Incredibly powerful. Right. Um, you know, two actors <clears throat> of the highest caliber. Correct. And the script is... Like a diamond. Completely on point. Right. Um, completely. It, We've been building say. the whole show. Yes. 65 episodes or whatever mm-hmm. to this moment. Yeah. It's glorious. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. It would be, it would be on any, a, anyone who's watched this program or has watched other genre TV mm-hmm. and was asked, you know, pick me a scene. Pick me five scenes mm-hmm. that are defining of why this genre is worth is worth watching. Surely this is one of them. Right. And it gets a little speechy in Rondo's, right. you know, relating of the tortures that he's seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes, it gets a little monologue as JMSs want to do. Right. Um but I don't mind it because it's it's very effective and Peter Correct. Jurassic just delivers. Oh uh, my god, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And you can see you can see his conflict of this is absolutely this isn't this isn't where he wanted all of this to go. Right. You know, he had some very different image in mind of what was going to happen. Um even involving subjugating the Narn. Right. But, but this isn't where he wanted it to be with this mad emperor. Right. Uh, you know, where his, where his own people are put in danger right. by all of this. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's fine to mass drive, you know, the Narn homeworld. Right. But, oh, this guy is... Is, is endangering us. Well, now I need to ask Jakar for help. Right. Which is humbling to him. Right. In a delicious way. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, l- lest you not realize the Jakar as Christ figure Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, that that Jakar's spiritual journey mm-hmm. is reaching a, uh, a a a point of well, I mean they they use they use the word for an episode down the road here in season season 4 apotheosis, you know, mm-hmm. the act of becoming a god, which of course is part of Cartagena's madness. Right. right? So while Katagia well, claims, you know, that he, that that's a goal, which is, you know, loopy as hell, mm-hmm. right? Shakar is actually in the process of 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 attaining mm-hmm. a a spiritual status 
that moves him from ambassador or member of the Kari or citizen to, uh, you know, guru, mystic, right. monk, mm-hmm. abbot, right? And I will, I will take your, your claim about Jurassic as extraordinary, right? And I'll just offer Katsulis yeah. as, you know, as the counterpoint, right? God the two bless. Two of them together. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Right? And, and they both had to navigate as actors these huge changes in the way their characters think about their lives and their backstory and their society and mm-hmm. right i mean they're mm-hmm. bringing these societies to life right seemingly out of whole cloth and uh i think they get a lot of credit but i wonder if they get as much credit as they deserve which is like way more on this present rewatch than i've ever given them credit for before mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, the work that Katsulis has to do is ridiculous. I mean, at least Jurassic has other actors who are Centauri to sort of play off of. Right. right. Or at least they're trying to do Centauri, right? Now, mm-hmm. obviously, I think that that Veer does a better job than, than most of the other Centauri, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, though, um, though Wortham Krimmer... His Cartagia mm-hmm. is a delight to watch because it's the exact opposite of Terhan. Yeah, right? yeah, Who he's, was he's dynamite. Yeah, he's almost uncentauri in a lot of ways, except for the <clears throat> the aggrandizement of the culture and the egocentrism that seems to right. envelop the entire society. Right, right. Um, at least as they're presented from the the limited slice we've seen so far but right um yeah yeah jakar's going it alone for the most part um and yeah. and you can you can sense the the isolation in him yes as he's sitting in that cell right i mean um there there's think, no there's no one else yeah and you know asking for his his people to be sort of left alone. Right. You know, he's he's always coming he could he could just ask for his own freedom. He could have asked for, for really anything. Right. But he's asking for salvation for his people. Right. Which is the most authentic thing for Jacquard to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now assuming that the the vision or the, the, the future time jump that Sheridan had is authentic, and we have right. no reason to assume it's not, then Jakar's going to be hanging out here for quite some time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's just going to get even more real, I guess is the way to put it, right? By more real, you mean worse. By more real, I mean worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than than carrying your, you know, the uh the crossbar of your own cross. Mhm. But it's going to get it's going to get worse. Yeah. Um and it's going to get worse, you know, because of 
this extraordinary character, Cartagia, Mm -hmm. who in two episodes has painted a picture of insanity and of menace that you rarely get anywhere else. I mean, he's he's horrifying to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like you take the Joker and make him, you know, the 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 political leader of a world. Yes. You know, yes. He's got he's got no he's got no no moral or ethical compass other than his own divine advancement. Right. Which again, taken directly out of the Roman playbook. Oh, it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. got your yeah. He's your, he's your Nero. Your, he's you know, Caligula. Yep. Your uh, um, I'm gonna say this wrong. I'll I'll edit it out. Um, your Eliogabulus. Eliogabulus. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Your little boots. Right. Yeah. Isn't isn't little boots Caracalla? Your Caracalla. I'm sorry. Yes, Caracalla was little boots. Eliogabulus was the. Believed himself to be the sun. Yes. God. Hence yes. Helio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's clearly... And and, and <laughs> I, I had to laugh because, you know, they're, they're telling you how long it's been since Sheridan's been missing. Right. You know, throughout these past two episodes. Uh, Londo's been on the homeworld for, like, two days. Right, right, and right. And he's... And he's like walking around shell shocked, like he's been, you know, like he's been, you know, in it for for years. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's traumatized by what he's seen in two mm-hmm. days. Right, <laughs> you know? right. I mean, good lord. And, uh, and he's seen some crazy crap before. Yeah. Right. It's not like Centauri Prime was was normal. Oh yeah, but you know previously, yeah, right. I mean, he stood there and watched the mass drivers, you know, right, raining down on on Narn Homeworld. He yeah. saw the the I beams glistening off the shoulder of Orion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that in the opening sequence, that's still the scene we get mm-hmm. with Londo. Yeah. Everyone else gets more updated content. Londo, yeah. he just has to stay. In that moment. Keep him there. Which is where he belongs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to move into the uh, end segment? Let's do. Okay. So, Cartagia. Hoo, 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 crazy. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid. Hey. Uh, and it got me thinking, and, and it got Chris thinking about... Uh, Sort of great genre television villains. Okay. And I said, hey, Chris, come up with five. I've come up with five. Uh, yeah. Now, if the, if we were doing a podcast about any other show, Cartagia's <laughs> on this list. Okay. Cartagia's but he's not on, on this, this list. list. Morden's on this list. Right. Um, Londo may be on this list. Indeed. But because we're doing a B5 podcast and we're bringing in other content to supplement it, mm-hmm. Uh, Cartagia is not on this on my yeah. list. Okay, no. So uh, and I set some ground rules for myself. I did too. So what are this. your rules? My rules were that it couldn't be just a people 
or a species. Correct. It has to be. So you can't say the Klingons. That's weak sauce. I made one. You might dispute one of my choices. Undoubtedly, I will. Right. Because I tried to follow your rule as well, Mm -hmm. but I think I broke it in one case. Okay. I, I did not want someone adapted from another medium. Agreed. Right. I broke that rule myself, <laughs> but I didn't want a Lex Luthor or a Joker. Correct. Because yep. I guess it's maybe someone who's more known in another genre or another medium, rather. Um, right. Or, and, or, or they were in television and also in film, but maybe yeah. the film version is the more definitive example. That, that was yeah. cut. That yeah, person no was cut. Yeah. No con. Right. 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 Uh, the con rule. As we call right. it. And and I didn't and, and in order to qualify, it had to be somebody who appeared repeatedly over you know a length of of episodes or a length of shows and not just a one off villain kind of thing. I got to that point as I mm-hmm. crafted my list. Yeah. But I did not start there. Right. But okay. I got there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well right. I, I have mine my, in chronological order. Okay. Okay. Uh, chronological in, in which they appeared and in, in which they in which the programs they were on were appeared. I think I can do that as well. So yeah, I'll follow that. I'll follow that path. Okay. I have two uh, that, that I, I may get them in the wrong order. Listeners will undoubtedly uh, inform me. Yeah, I I, I, I think I've got mine in the right order. Okay. Um, okay. Go ahead. So uh, you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Go ahead. You okay. Go first. My first is. From Star Blazers, leader oh. Deslock. Deslock. Yes. Deslock, Deslock, Deslock. Deslock, Deslock, Deslock. Yep. He's so, so smarmy and so right. evil yes. and so, uh, so dismissive and so charismatic. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, that his journey is at least as interesting at the end of the day over two seasons of Star Blazers. Mm-hmm. He's not even the main adversary in the second series, the Comet Empire. Right. That's Prince Zordar. But but Deslock is so charismatic and so compelling that even when he's, frankly, killing billions of humans, mm. you can't help but watch him. And... Yeah. And, you know, as his respect for the Star Force grows, your, you know, one's own uh, feelings about Deslock get a little morphed mm-hmm. as his feelings about, you know, uh, about, about humans also become morphed. And he mm-hmm. had an extraordinary journey. And uh, I, I always found it, I mean, even, I mean, they, this is cartoons from the 70s, right? right. Space Battleship Yamato is from the mid 70s. I just found him ridiculously compelling. Yeah. Right. And so And a lot of the reasons why I think a lot of the reasons that make villains so compelling are wrapped up in in what you've just said there that they are they are charismatic. Yes. They are someone that you just hate. Yes. You just want to smack them. Yes. Um and for for my taste in villains, they they're not mustache twirling. Correct. They, a proper villain always thinks that they're that they're the hero. Yes. Full stop. Yeah. 
Otherwise, it's it's it seems oddly two dimensional. Right. To me. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So well, he's my first. Yeah. My first, chronologically. Yes. Would be Leo McKern as oh, number two. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, and clearly, he thinks he's doing the proper thing. You know, all he needs to do is is get number six to break and right. Uh, and he's he's advancing the interests of the village and whatever its sponsors or agenda may be. Right. Um, but he, through a masterful performance and through, again, charismatic. Yes. Um, you know, great screen presence. Um, and it's, it's, a, it, it's an intellectual dance with... Patrick McGowan's number six. Yes. To uh, to try to always get the, the the upper hand until the very end when spoiler alert they're they're dancing and cavorting together uh, to love is all you need right uh, on the on the back of a flatbed truck um, and uh, everything's gone mad. Every <laughs> exactly everything's gone yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to, and he, I don't, you know, I'm not sure that he really qualifies as evil, right? But he's, I mean, he's a he's an antagonist. Yes, he's a villain. Um, he's a villain, right? Uh, and and certainly, you know, one of my top ten villains of all time. Absolutely, well, top five, clearly. Yeah, I guess I struggled with that because mm-hmm. I view number two as a kind of composite. It's more like an office. Sure. Than a person, and right? That's so, why I specified Leo McKern as opposed yeah. to, you know, as opposed to any of the others. But uh, yeah, I could generalize it to all of the number twos. But but certainly, no, no, he's, no. I think it's better not to. Yeah. Right. You yeah. actually figured out your way through to 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 selecting mm-hmm. number two. Yeah. Right. Because I I I tried to, and then I sort of talked myself out of it on the basis that number two is sort of a collective. Mm-hmm. But I think I should have just gone with McKern because he was obviously yeah. the the gold standard, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was in what three episodes? Yes, yeah. Um, and I mean, he's a to your point, uh, you know, a proper villain, a proper antagonist, and uh, you know, evil eh, working his own agenda. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, when you actually come to learn what Deslock is about, hmm, uh, you know, right church, wrong pew, wrong method, <laughs> right? right? But, you know, understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love okay. that choice. Okay. All, All right. right. My second. Go next. Yep. Uh, from uh, the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, Baltar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John Colicos, I mean... You know, a, a betrayer of all humanity, mm-hmm. right? When he sits up in that, uh, you know, in in that, uh, uh, you know, commander's seat, mm-hmm. and he's giving orders to, what's his name? Oh crap! Um, his servant. Ugh. I have the name Maximilian in my head, and I know that's the evil that's, robot that's from Black right. Hole. Yeah, right, right, right. It won't come back to me. But you know, no. you know. And, and and of course, I think the, I even the, had the action figure. Totally, and I can't and, remember uh, that. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and he is, I mean, Baltar is about the smarmiest of villains of all time. He could have been in a Die Hard movie, mm-hmm. right? And and his little robot companion is even smarmier, right? Mm. But I I love the fact that Baltar is is sort of acting from his own a kind of moral and ethical center perspective, which is extremely difficult to mm-hmm. to justify or give credit to. But he he acts with a firmness of mm-hmm. of mind and. You know, he's super charismatic as well. Yeah. I don't feel like they got into as much of his own kind of motivations and his own psychology in the original series. Yeah, I take your point. Yeah. Yeah. And the late, late version Baltar is Mm -hmm. just more of a kind of a, like, he's like a sex addict sap, you know, and it doesn't, yeah, he He never really worked for me. Annoyed the heck out of me on my BSG rewatch last year. Yeah. I would, like any time he showed up on the screen, I was like, I really want to just fast forward through this. Scene. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's well, my number two. Who's your number two? I'm going to go with Davros. Ah, yes. The, the, the creator, the head of the Daleks. Yes. Um, A great who choice. Who really was trying to save. I mean, okay. If we're going to, this is as close as I'm going to get to mustache twirling because <laughs> he, he really does. Mustache um, twirling. Yeah. He's yeah. you know, he's trying to save his people, right? Um, in this horrible way, he's trying to you know get them to uh, conquer the galaxy, you know, whatever, whatever, um, right? But yeah, but just every time he turns up, it's it's just delicious, and he's it's wonderful, and he's just uh, he's in the the Captain Pike chair, and he's uh, right, um, you know, boop, Genesis, boop. yeah, Genesis yeah. Of the Daleks is is. You know, it's a masterpiece. My, that's my favorite. My, you know, that's, that's like saying, oh, you know, I like, you know, oh, I like Wrath of Khan best. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 easy easy pickings, but yeah. uh, it's yeah. just so good. That it's all you so got, good. kid? Yeah. Oh, that's your favorite. Oh well, look at how precious you are. I guess I guess you're not a you're not a real real fan. You're not a true geek, uh, right? But yeah, no, Davros is you know, and, and through all the in, incarnations and into the modern. Uh, the modern Doctor Who, where they've repeatedly made the the point that that the the Doctor, in his own ruthlessness, would have made a good Dalek. Um, you know, they've made yes. that in a couple of different situations, and and how similar they are. Um, and Davros always just kind of you know pulls that together. I, I debated between Davros and the Master, but uh, the Master's just kind of as you say, more, more cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and, uh, doesn't, he's, he's more in it for himself, uh, without a real establishable or defined greater agenda. Yeah. So, so I got to lean towards Davros in that. Yeah. If you'd picked the master and left Davros off, Mm. that would have felt like, no, I think you got that wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you had 10 to pick from, maybe you get both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, but if we were only doing five, that's right. Yeah, I think I think you found the right yep. one in okay. the Whoverse. Okay. Yeah. My third, and probably my favorite on the list, mm-hmm. is Weyoun. Aha. Uh-huh. From yep. Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the uh, yeah. the main Vorta antagonist to our to our Federation and allied races, mm-hmm. stalwart. Uh, 
portrayed by Jeffrey Combs, ridiculously charismatic. Right. So, so believable. Mm-hmm. You know what he, you know, he makes his case for the Dominion. It seems totally plausible. Mm-hmm. You see him make his argument about Cardassians. He's totally right. Mm-hmm. Nothing he says is clearly evil or definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just a very clear, different perspective. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to fight fight his side, you know, to the bitter end, well, that's what you do mm-hmm. if you're... If you think you're right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the fact mm-hmm. that he gets our Federation heroes to do really unspeakable and indefensible things to win that war mm-hmm. makes it all the better because he's not even there to cause these people to do these things. <laughs> right? Yeah. But but he's pushing them so hard that, I mean, what, what choice do they have? Sure. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna conspire with Garrick to bring the Romulans into the war and basically murder people and and go against everything the Federation stands for in order to accomplish this goal, which must be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Right? Or we will lose. Mm-hmm. Come on. And Jeffrey Combs, good grief. So good. Give just give the man something to yeah. do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh an extraordinary role played by an extraordinary actor who elevates anything that he touches. And when you give him material that's this well-written, just get out of the way. Right. Right. You know, at the risk of spoil- possibly spoiling one of your top two selections, I I, I had thought about Gold Ducat. I thought about Ducat, but uh, at the end, he didn't get there for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He might be on a top ten, but not a right. top five. And frankly, Fair. I didn't want two people from the same show. That's also true, right? And mm-hmm. you know, Wei Yun yeah. is so much more compelling, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think, than than uh, than almost any other character on the show. Yeah. Right, and I think that show is is fantastic. Right, uh, just about done with rewatching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kick over to DS9 and and see. Excellent. I haven't really done a full rewatch of it. Mm-hmm. I've watched parts here and there, but you know, I've never mm-hmm. really souped to nuts, you know, done it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. Who's your three? I I picked Krychek. Oh Alex Krychek. I should have picked him. Yeah. yeah. Because He's you know, so good. And, and again it was it was you know like we said it was between you know, him or the smoking man. Right. Well you know, the smoking man certainly has, you know, he's, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's, you know, he's got the, those kind of things. But, but every time Krychek appears on the screen, I just got so angry. Right. Like he'd show up and be like, oh, exactly. I hate that guy. Yeah, right, You know, right. so that's, that's, you know, the, the sign of the effective villain for me. Right. You know, it's, it's sort of like the smoking man is more like, um, he's kind of more like Lorian. Like he's working, mm-hmm. he's he's working at yeah. a different level. He's right. not the proper antagonist for our player characters. Yes, right, because yes. He's, he's like the yeah, yeah. He's the emperor. Krychek is Darth Vader. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, Krychek's like Wayun. I mean, he doesn't appear in a million episodes. Right, right. But anytime but we, he does, you are instantly right. Yes, 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, you know, we're talking on Skype here. And Chris uh-huh. is rolling his eyes and gnashing his teeth in a way that oh. I've come to learn over I, decades of friendship, you know, is like, <laughs> you're I, bugging I probably me. Haven't, I haven't, it's, it's been a decade since I've watched those episodes and it still evokes, you know, uh, that this visceral, emotional reaction, just even thinking about, totally. you know, his betrayals. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. are legion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a dynamite choice. Yep. Um, my fourth is from Lost. I selected Ben Linus. Ben Linus. Yep. Right. There we go. Right. We are in agreement on this. Did you pick Again. him too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. You know, maybe the most punchable person oh. in modern television. God bless Michael Everson. I Anderson. just wanted that. Oh, <laughs> just God, wanna, I hated him. Just consistently. I <laughs> yeah, just want to reach into the television and throttle him. Yes. Right? Oh, he's so unctuous. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So gross. And, and, and unflappable. Right. And, you know, manipulative. And to the mesmerizing. Nth degree, yes. And it, right. Uh, just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible, uh, incredible character. Um, you know, the, the, the twists and turns from being uh, Henry Gale. Right. Um, and into Ben Linus. Right. And, you know, everything through the rest of that series. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know that people slag the ending. We've talked about it not being earned. Yeah. That's it, it, all good. The journey was astounding. Mm-hmm. Right. We needed that flavor, right? We yeah. needed that salt and pepper. Michael yeah. Emerson, mercy. Ah, yeah. You know, I, I would I would love, I, I'd, I'd love one of the, you know, I'd love Star Trek or the Orville something to cast him as a character who is absolutely without question good, noble, upstanding, on the right side to see if he can do it. But you see, as soon as he shows up on the screen, right? You know he can't you know, be. You're right? like, I'm questioning him. I'm yeah. doubting him. It's it's like it's like if you get um. Oh God, why am I blanking on his name? He was uh, from 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 passing through Gethsemane. Brad DeReef. Brad DeReef showing up. You know, you're expecting that he's going to be an insane madman. But that, this Gethsemane proves the point. Yes, yes. Right? But he was an insane madman. But he was noble of heart, good of spirit, Uh, pure. mm. Come on. With an insane madman hiding just under the surface. Would you stop? (laughs) You know, you're right. You're right. Right. He isn't allowed to be that. You know, Mm. imagine Michael Emerson or Brad DeReef as Captain Pike. Oh, jeez. Right? Please. I mean, God bless. Because, you know, Pike <laughs> yeah. is just such a moral ramrod. Right. Right? Uh, yeah. God bless, you know? Mm. But, you know, to, to the point, you get a charismatic villain who is working his own agenda, is not afraid to, to move some pieces on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, uh, Wei Yun. I'm looking at you, mm-hmm. Ben Linus. I'm looking at you, yeah. Davros, you know, yeah. and Alex Kreitz. You know, all these characters we're talking about. Um, I mean, Ben Linus will move some pieces on the board. Sure will. Right. And, uh, you know, back to very quickly, uh, you know, Michael Emerson was on Arrow. Oh, really? Yeah. As a, a, you know, as a villain. And Mm -hmm. he was 
just as good in that as he was in Lost. Hmm. I never watched Person of Interest, but I was always yeah, same. curious about it because just because of him. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 One of uh, these days. Yeah. So he was my fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. My fifth is the one where I think I probably cheated. Okay. Because you took someone from a book. No. No? Well, okay. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm, okay. Go ahead. So I, I think I think we live in an age of existential dread. Mm-hmm. Is democracy doomed? Are our societies? What does it mean to be an American? Uh, mm-hmm. Just existential dread, like the 1930s in Western Europe and the United States, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think we're deeply anxious about corporatism. You know, okay. To what extent are our societies our own? To what extent, you know, corporations are people, that kind of thing, right? Right. I think the best expression of that is from the expanse. I picked the proto-molecule. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Now, I think that's cheating. Uh-huh. Okay. But when I'm thinking about, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I think I've got to talk about, I feel like, I just felt compelled to put it on the list, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it is a tool of, of, of existential dread mixed mm-hmm. with corporatism, mm-hmm. okay? What it is capable of doing is so, is so malevolent, and yet the way it can interact with people, so charismatic, right, that I mm-hmm. was left... I was left thinking, well, I'm going to put it on the list even though I feel it's a little cheaty. Sure. Okay. Um, And, you know, friends, we've told you to watch The Expanse. (laughs) Our position is unchanged. I don't know what you're doing if you're not watching it. I mean, the third season just came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Come on, people. Yeah. Uh, Extraordinary books. Perfectly adapted. Uh, you know, the TV show and the books are sufficiently different that you can and should read them and watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's, that, was my, that was my fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this, is, this was my cheat spot as well. Okay. And uh, again, a little more mustache twirly than I probably would have liked to go for, but I went for Cersei Lannister. I was gonna do Cersei Lannister. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was again. I'm on the hook, uh, on the on the fence between Cersei or Peter Baelish because Peter right. has that uh, I really want to smack him element going. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but but Cersei, I think is is your your proper villain of the series. Absolutely. Um, and um, and I think comes off. A l- with a little more subtlety in the s- in the show than she did in the books. Yes. Um, you know she yep. cares. She she cares primarily about her family. Yes. Um, and and to hell with everyone and everything else. Yes. Yeah, I care about my family. I care about their reputation. Mm-hmm. By extension, I care about the Iron Throne. Right, because. That belongs to my family. That because it belongs to my family. Yeah. Um, There are, uh, you know, there there are times when what she does is clearly the act of a mother. 
Mm-hmm. And then there are times when she's acting as a Lannister and she's acting in a way that is very hard to to step away and say, well, that isn't villainish. Right. Right. And, right. And Peter Baelish is so... It's laughably manipulative. Yes. Right. That, you know, that anything he says, no, hard pass. Mm-hmm. No, you are lying, sir. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I had Cersei on this list and I mm-hmm. struck her. Yeah. You know, and I put the proto-molecule in instead. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I just adore uh, Lena Headey since she was in Sarah Connor Chronicles, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. And to see her in those two different roles is, is a, you know, very different, um, you know, very, very different characters that she's playing. It gives her, you know, a demonstration of her range. Right. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a nearly Dorifian distance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my five. That's Chris's five. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, listeners, we're going to put this up on on our Facebook page, and we hope that you'll give us a sense of who your top five villains are, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, or you know, or you know, whether you agree with us, or uh, you know, on the ones that we've picked, or mm-hmm. you know, did Chris and I actually cheat? <laughs> um, of course we did. You know, but it's our show, so and we can. That's right, and yeah. you know, your thoughts. And who on did Chris- we miss? Yeah, who did we miss? Who, yeah, who, who are the obvious villains? Him? Right. Who we you know who we missed. You know, inevitably yeah. there are shows that we we haven't watched, mm-hmm. right? I almost thought about putting the Sasquatch from Six Million Dollar Man in, but he was hardly a villain. He gave himself nobly. He sacrificed himself at the end on the, You're right. on the, the volcano. Yeah. yeah, come on, the Bionic Bigfoot. Yeah, don't don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. Step away from Bionic <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> a sentence never before uttered in the English language. Probably not. Right. And with okay. that, dear friends, uh, we leave you uh, yes. uh, Facebook, name of the pod in any old search engine, uh, rate, review, give us some thoughts, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, folks. See ya. <laughs>